Job chapter 1. I'm going to read today verse number 4. I will start reading at verse number 2. Let me share some things right here. Something up front that God showed me coming up the road this morning. Driving into the church. I seen this. And I thought, well, I'll just mention that. The first verse of the book of Job deals with Job's spiritual enlightenment and his relationship with God. We've got that, hadn't we? I think Job, and believe that uh, with all my heart, that Job had a good relationship with God. God had a good relationship with Job. Matter of fact, you may sometimes think you've got a good relationship with God and God has no relationship at all with you. That's terrible. But if you know today that you have a good relationship with God and God has a good relationship with you, it makes life much, much better. Makes it sweet. Makes it worth living, don't it? Amen. It's kind of like living with, say, a husband and a wife. And if a husband loves his husband or his wife and his wife loves her husband... Life goes pretty smooth. They won't always agree on everything, but it does make a good marriage, don't it? If the man's always fighting his wife and the wife's always fighting her husband, it makes for a terrible life. And many are in our country that's like that. So the first verse talks about the relationship of Job with God and God's relationship with Job. Then we get to verse number 2 and going down through verse 5, we find the relationship that Job has with his children. He's got 10 of them, seven sons, three daughters. I had never seen this, never heard a preacher preach it or nothing. But a man, we're not talking about Job's wife, we're talking about Job. I don't know what Job's wife's relationship was with the children. God don't reveal those things. But I see that God, or that Job had a good relationship with his ten children from verse number two through verse number five. They were in his prayers. They were in his heart. They were within his worship. They were within his attention. Uh, You can see that. We'll talk about that in a minute. We'll come back and break that down. Then when we get to verse number 6, we find Job's relationship to Satan. You see that? And you go on down through there, you find how that things happen and and, uh, Job has got a seal on him and and the devil is arguing before God that you know, on those things, and we look at it, and uh, we'll see it. And then, of course, the messengers come and tell uh, the tragedies that Job is suffering. Always remember Job, too. He's a rich man. Job didn't need anything. And uh, Job, it lets us know. I hear people say, well, a rich man can't go to heaven. That's not so. God said it is harder for a rich man to go to heaven, amen, because he trusts his riches. 
One thing you find out about Job, one thing you find out about Abraham and all those in, in days of old who had a lot, is that they didn't let their riches control them. They controlled the riches. They didn't let it be a God to them. You can be rich and still love God. I've met a few uh, Christians in my lifetime, in my lifespan, that had a lot of money. More than I'll ever even think about having. And uh, what they've done with their money is they give it to God. I've had men that said, well, uh, I'll, I'll give 10% and and." As long as you bless me, Lord, I'll give you the 10%. And then they've increased it to 20%. I've known men that increased their tithing to 30%, 40%, 60%. And you said, how in the world would you give away 60% of your income? Because you love God. What about when they give 60%? Now you, now you go out of here and do math today and say, I'm going to give 80% of mine. Help yourself. I don't necessarily mean you'll get anything back because you may be giving it just to get. But if you're giving it because you love God and you want to see God's work prosper, then God will add to it. God wouldn't shut your business down because it cuts his business. God's a businessman too. But you can give all you want to, but that don't get you a better interest in glory either. God won't think you as a better Christian because you've given more money unless you're giving it from your heart and from your soul. So we find that the relationship that God has, I mean that Job has with the devil, uh, even goes on down into uh, chapter 2 because God... The devil goes back before God and said, now you just, uh, it, you, you got a hedge about him. But take your hand forth off of him and, and touch, uh, you know, let me touch his bone and his flesh and, and, and so forth. And God told him, said, over there, you just go down and you can do what you want to, but you can't take his life. So we, we see what's happened. And we'll be dealing with that little subject in just a short time or sometime in the future. So we find now that there's three in the first uh, chapter and part of the second chapter. He's, he's, his relationship with God, his relationship with his children, his relationship with Satan, how he took his stand. And then in verses 9 through 10, you find his relationship to his wife. His wife wasn't all that spiritual. She wasn't all that godly. But you do know up to verses 8 and 9 and 10 of chapter 2 that Job was in charge of his household. He made all the decisions. He paid all the bills. He took care of everybody's business in his household. He took care of his wife. He took care of his children. He took care of his cattle. All his, uh, what he had, he took care of those who worked for him. We can even come back and talk about the relationship, and we probably will, about him and his servants. Job had a good name. But then we find that he tells his wife, when she said, won't you just uh, curse God and die? 
And he told her that she talked like one of the foolish women. Amen. She's speaking like a foolish woman. So he had the control there. And then in verse 11 and on through the remainder of that chapter, you find that Job's relationship with his friends. Now, beloved, when you read the book of Job, you think about that same thing. What is your relationship to God? What's your relationship with your family? What's your relationship this morning with the devil? What's your relationship with your wife, your spouse? What's your relationship with the friends that you're with in the world? You see, don't that make a big change about the book of Job? How many have seen that before? New, ain't it? And God lets us see this, and that's what we... God didn't put this book in here to give us another book to put in our book satchel. Or to put in our book bag. Or in our backpack. God give us this to teach us something. And then in chapter 3, we find out how that, God deal, or how that Job deals with his friends. And how his friends deal with him. Amen. And then when you get over in chapter 42, over in that area, you're going to find out how that God sums him up and what God does for Job. And how that God straightens his life out and God shows him his problems. Even Job, who eschewed evil, was perfect, upright, eschewed evil. He had problems. Amen. Everybody in this world, the Bible said, man born of woman is of few days and what? Full of trouble. That goes to you ladies too. Amen. Our life is short. We better make it. We only get one shot at it. So we need to pay attention to what we've got. And I love studying the Word of God. Now let's go back and read. Amen. Verse number 2. And there were born unto him seven sons and three daughters. Pretty good sized family, I would say. Matter of fact, Job ended up having 14 sons and six daughters for a total of 20 kids. Can you imagine having 20 children? Huh? No wonder his wife, amen, might have got a little, she had a, had, a, had a big say in the family. I don't know what part she had, but I believe she had the godly part up to some degree. Verse 3 said, His substance also was 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, and 500 yoke of oxen, and 500 she-asses, and a very great household. That means he had a lot of people in his house that were servants, that cleaned the house, mopped the floor, fed the chickens, and took care of the cows and uh, everything he had. Whatever he had. Here it says camels and sheep and so forth. And verse number four says, it, well, verse number three, I'll finish it. It said, so that this man, notice this, was the greatest of all the men of the east. Amen. My time doesn't run out on me. 
I ain't got started. Uh, I'm not going to apologize for taking up all that time with that letter, but you needed to hear it. Ain't you glad you heard it, read it? Knowing that, hey, for a Southern Baptist church, don't have no liberal, no no morals to some degree. They do, but they they're small. Fighting with a church don't have no morals. Ought to shake you up a little bit. Meaning that you do not have no liberties going out. And when you was talking about Jesus, they'll cut us off one of these days from doing it because we've done cut it off ourselves. We don't witness all the time. Church is not known for witness. They're known for fighting. God help us. All right, we'll stop there. I want. I just getting. I just getting cranked. The old diesel just about to hit the right. Hit all cylinders. But I pray God help you, strengthen us, dear Father, in the regular service. I pray you'd add to, Lord, our lives through the Word of God. May we not add to the Word, but may the Word add to us, and we'll give you the glory. I pray, Father, your strength and encouragement might be upon us. Send in people, we'll give you the glory. Lord, I pray today that we'll follow the Word of God with all our heart, mind, body, and soul. May we put you first in everything. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Didn't get no word today. Well, got a little bit.